Welcome to Thomasville Insights with the City of Thomasville. On the podcast, we'll talk to experts on everything from Thomasville history and events to daily operations and city business, all while having some fun in the process. We're your hosts, Sarah Baggett. And Ricky Zambrano. Thanks for tuning in. Good morning, Sarah. Hey, Ricky. Good to see you. How are you doing today? Well, I'm just doing fantastic, but um, you look a little different to me. I did shave. I recently got a haircut. Maybe it's that. Um, I don't know. It's something else. Oh, you're talking about my mask. <laughs> That's what it is. Well, we are being safe here in the studio because of our new policy. What do you think about that? I think it's fantastic. So we're both masked up, so we might sound a little bit different in this episode. And that's for our safety, the safety of our guests, and of course, the safety of our community. Speaking of guests, I think we've got a great show scheduled today. I think we're going to have some phenomenal information come from today. What do you think? Absolutely. Our very first guest is the Chief of Police, John Letney. So let's get to it. Let's do so. We are so fortunate to have the police chief, John Letney, joining us in the studio today. Chief, welcome. Good morning, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. Well, we're gonna start off uh, kind of easy. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I came here to Thomasville in January after uh, serving in North Carolina law enforcement for about 15 and a half years, where I retired. Before that, I was in Western New York, uh, worked in law enforcement there for a couple of decades. So. Uh, all told, I have 39 years in law enforcement in a variety of capacities from administration to training to operations to tactics and um, very active in the International Association of Chiefs of Police, as well as the Commission on Accreditation for Law Enforcement. Uh, and as uh, you know, the Thomasville Police Department is one of the first accredited agencies in the nation being accredited in 1987 and of course certified by uh, the Georgia Chiefs Program in 2003, so that was a big draw for me, knowing the professionalism that uh, was espoused by those organizations. Wonderful, well it sounds like you're keeping busy, that's for sure. Very much so, there's a lot going on, not only here in Thomasville, but in our profession, and as leaders, I think we all need to be a part of uh, improving what's going on around the, around the nation. So, you retired from your organization in North Carolina? I did. So your post-retirement is to take another job as chief. <laughs> My wife says I have failed retirement. <laughs> uh, Sarah, are you going to take another job when you retire? <laughs> well, if I'm as good at it as Chief Lightning, maybe. <laughs> I guess that's the true sign of someone that's very good at their job. They just can't retire. They got to keep doing it. That's exactly right. Uh, chief, in all, in all seriousness, you've been here eight months now. I, I think you've had a little bit of an opportunity to find out a little bit more about the community and obviously more about our TPD, uh, which from, from my standpoint, I, I came to the organization now close to two years ago, and as a citizen, I took a lot of pride in the TPD and what the officers did and um, as a whole. Uh, but now you're the man in charge and, and you're the chief. Uh, tell us about your first eight months. Well, it's been uh, a whirlwind. Uh, and a wonderful opportunity to get to know Thomasville and uh, all the great things that uh, it has to offer. Uh, and really the first thing that struck me was the, the welcoming nature of this community. People are so kind and generous and genuine uh, and they welcome folks uh, um, in a way I haven't seen before. 
Um, what this uh, area has to offer is uh, is just great. The downtown, as I've, I've said before, is, the, is a jewel. Um, being on the bricks and seeing those great shops and, uh, and the restaurants and the events and things like that, it's just a very vibrant community. And part of that is public safety. And it's important that we provide a public safety service so our residents and our shop owners and, and our, our guests and visitors feel safe. And, and, and speaking of, of that, that safety, uh, we have a bit of a unique way uh, or approach that we take, and that's, uh, tell us a little bit more about community policing and what the approach is when it comes to that. Well, fortunately, it's not as unique as um, it used to be. It is becoming the norm in law enforcement that policing uh, is done with the community and that we are part of what is going on, uh, part of the events, building relationships, and, uh, and that's something that really has been um, developing over the last several decades. Thomasville is well known, um, not only in this area, but outside this area, and uh, in the law enforcement profession of being uh, one of the leaders in community-oriented policing. And uh, frankly, that was one of the draws for me because that's my philosophy as well, that we want to build relationships, we want to be part of the community, and we want to solve problems. Speaking of relationships, uh, I heard a story where one of your officers recently had an interesting one-on-one -on -one basketball game. Uh, what can you tell us about that? Exactly. The officer was out patrolling a neighborhood on a warm afternoon and saw a young man uh, just kind of walking around and saw a basketball hoop there and um, got out and talked to the, uh, the young man, st struck up a conversation and uh, learned that uh, he didn't have a basketball. And the officer happened to have one in her vehicle and uh, asked if uh, he wanted to play and he said yes and so they spent about a half an hour just playing one-on-one -on -one pickup game mm -hmm. and uh, during that you know there's smiles there's jokes there's there's a friendly rivalry but there's a relationship being built there between youth and law enforcement and that's exactly what we want to see and at the end of that uh, the officer uh, again realizing he didn't have a basketball asked if he would like to keep that basketball and, and he was he was just very thankful that the officer would reach out to him like that. Uh, and his, uh, his mom was there, and his, his mom was just uh, glowing about that interaction. Uh, and later on, uh, in, in talking with the officer, I, I learned that uh, her perspective was that this was just a great day for her as well. And that she, um, you know, she, she chalked this up to just one of the best days that she's had uh, so far in, in this career. And she's only been with us a short period of time. That is really the kind of story that warms my heart. You know, it's, it's amazing to hear that our public safety officers and especially TPD are really out there trying to make these relationships, you know, and, and sort of foster that communication and that openness and transparency with the community. That's really incredible. And that's what it's all about. You know, when you think of law enforcement, uh, really the enforcing part of what we do is probably less than 10% of our calls for service. Most of what we do is we're in the neighborhoods, in the business areas, uh, trying to keep people safe, building relationships, dealing with quality of life issues, uh, and things like that. And, uh, and these are just great opportunities that we have to, to keep that going. Absolutely. Well, speaking of, um, tell us some public safety matters that you all are focused on this time of year. Is there anything we should be keeping our eyes on or anything that's sort of um, ticking upwards that we need to look at? Well, safety is uh, something we should all be aware of and, uh, and do our part to be aware, to observe, um, and to make reasonable uh, um, steps and, and, and take reasonable precautions. So when it comes to um, general crime, uh, we're seeing uh, an increase in uh, break-ins to vehicles. 
So um, generally these vehicles are unlocked. There is something of value visible from the outside, be that a purse, uh, a computer, uh, uh, you know, some other item that someone walks by and looks in and, and decides to take. Um, or they're rifling through the car to find change or whatever. And, and unfortunately, several firearms have been stolen. And that's a significant public safety concern. And we expect our firearms uh, owners to be responsible and not leave them uh, unattended and certainly not leave them in unlocked vehicles. Uh, but locking your vehicle and taking out your valuables is one of the best ways to avoid that. And secondly, there's been a significant increase in stolen vehicles. And in almost every case, the vehicles were left with the keys in it or in the ignition, um, hidden somewhere perhaps, but unlocked, uh, and several were left running outside of stores. And it only takes seconds for someone to hop in and steal a vehicle. So uh, we've had several uh, so far this year, and, uh, and those are generally preventable. From the traffic side, we've seen an increase in speeding. Um, with the pandemic, this has been a nationwide problem because um, less cars on the road mean people feel more uh, comfortable in going faster. Um, so uh, this time of year, certainly we're really focused on school zones, keeping our, our kids safe and our, our school community, and we ask people to be aware of those signs um, in, uh, in the speed zones they're in and then just uh, be as safe as possible. Yeah, and, and uh, I drive by a school zone, and it is incredible how many times I have somebody backed up against me as I'm going the speed limit. Um, and it's just, it's incredible how many people do not recognize the importance of being safe in a school zone. It's a significant problem, and drivers are distracted to a level I've never seen in the past by a variety of things. They're thinking about where they're going. Um, they're thinking about uh, what's going on in their day. Um, or they're, uh, they're on a phone, which is uh, not legal, um, or they're eating a hamburger, or they're some other way distracted, and they're missing those signs, and they're missing the, you know, the, the, uh, the opportunity to drive safely. And uh, uh, we need to focus on driving. That's the driver's primary responsibility, is to be safe. And certainly in our school zones, that's a significant concern of ours. Chief, you mentioned before national trends. Are there any other national trends uh, in public safety that we may not think are actually taking place in our community? Well, we've seen an increase nationwide in gun violence, and that is a significant problem here in Thomasville as well. The incidents that we've responded to of, uh, um, of uh, firearms being fired uh, uh, or shootings or uh, things along those lines has increased, and uh, that's a, a significant public safety concern. Um, also, uh, across the nation has been an increase in homelessness and uh, untreated substance abuse, untreated mental health uh, issues, and that results in some cases in homelessness, and we have that problem here as well. And it's a community concern, and it's something that we are partnering with our community in both those areas to try to uh, increase public safety and, and bring some resolutions. Chief, before you go, are there, are there any other things that um, we should be aware of, any other important uh, facts from the TPD that uh, would help our community? Well, we are about to publish our 2020 annual report with the help of our marketing department. And uh, it's going to look uh, very good, a lot of graphics, a lot of information. And, uh, and you'll see in there that uh, in 2020, our overall crime rate uh, went down by 12% in Part 1 crimes. And that's a significant reduction. Uh, and our overall incidence of traffic wrecks went down about 17%, uh, which also is a great uh, move forward. And we need to keep those, uh, uh, those numbers going down. And... Uh, because everyone uh, represents 
a potential victim or someone who may have been injured. And, uh, and those are things that we all need to step up and do what we can to try to uh, keep folks safe. Well, Chief, thank you so much for joining us today. You've given us a ton of wonderful information. I'm sure the annual report will be available on the thomasville.org website soon, right? Yes, it will. And we're looking forward to that being out and, and just providing a snapshot of the activities of the department in 2020. Very good. Well, thank you again. We appreciate your time. Thank you. having Chief John Lutney in the podcast studio today. I learned an awful lot and one of the things that I really enjoyed learning about were the actions the community can take to help protect ourselves. Things like locking our cars and putting our valuables uh, inside of our homes at the end of the night. Well I mentioned during the uh, conversation with Chief Lutney that I had the perspective from outside the organization to see our police officers and how they interact with the community but now that I can see it from within the organization. I see it on a daily basis, and I see the stories and hear the stories. And, and that story about the officer playing basketball, taking time to play basketball with, with a young boy on, um, you know, in his neighborhood is just phenomenal. It really is. That's the kind of community outreach we really want to see from not just TPD, but all of our departments. You know, That's part of the city's mission and vision. Sarah, do you hear that? Oh my gosh, I do. What is that? I think it is the Budget Minute. It's the Budget Minute. Hi, this is Sherry Kane, Public Outreach Manager for the City of Thomasville. We're going to talk about the budget for a minute. I mean, who wants to talk about money for more than a minute? A budget, whether personal or for business, allows you to create a spending plan, reduce costs, and prepare for the future. Those are the same goals for the City of Thomasville. The city's budget is comprised of three main areas. The general fund, which is administration, public safety, highways and streets, economic development, culture and recreation. The authority fund, which is the payroll development authority, downtown development authority, land bank authority, and destination Thomasville tourism authority. And the enterprise fund. Now these are the services that generate income for the city and it includes things like utilities, broadband, airport, golf course, auditorium, and the landfill. Each year, the city strives to hold the budget flat, which means it's our goal to keep our bottom line steady without any drastic changes, unless it's absolutely necessary. That means that each purchase, from a new vehicle to office supplies to new personnel, are carefully examined to determine if they are necessary. Long-term planning is of the utmost importance to the budgeting process. Well, that's this month's Budget Minute. There's so much more to talk about. Be sure to tune in next month for more information about the city's budget. It is incredible that you can get that much information out in 60 seconds. It really is. I think she might have practiced that. It goes to show you, you learn something new every day on this podcast. <laughs> That's exactly right. All three of those funds sound equally important, so we're learning something every month. Well, and we got something else to learn, don't we? We sure do. Um, we are bringing on Jeremy Carter, who's the Director of Electric Engineering and Electric Operations, and he's going to talk to us about all things electricity, especially during hurricane season. Jeremy, welcome to the show today. It's uh, great to have you here. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background. I started here at the city in 2005. Um, started out as the electric engineering manager and was recently promoted to director of electric engineering and electric. Wow, 
Oh, that's amazing. So tell us a little bit about what electric engineering and electric operations means. Uh, electric operations is the, uh, the part that most people see. It is the guys in the line trucks and the bucket trucks that go out, pick up the power, um, help get people's power restored, and uh, really the heroes. <laughs> that's absolutely right. Well, and speaking of power, can you give us a high-level overview of how it's delivered to a residential home? Yeah, um, power starts at the substation. We get it coming in uh, from the transmission lines. Um, it is goes through some transformers, knocks down the voltage a little bit lower. We put it on our primary lines, and that is what feeds out to all of the houses from the substations. Um, from that point, it'll hit the transformer on the pole outside your house and um, get the voltage down to something that'll uh, power your devices without cooking them. Speaking of power, uh, we are in the midst of hurricane season, uh, but in South Georgia, it's not just hurricane season. We constantly have storms that come through the area. I could imagine that that puts a little bit of stress on the work, but more importantly, it causes disruption in service for our customers. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what it's like to get that power restored. We are um, always on the lookout. Everybody's watching the weather like hawks to see uh, what's going to happen each and every day here. But when it does happen and uh, the power does go out, you know, the guys will quickly jump to. They know their job and their jobs to get power back on. And, um, you know, they'll get out there, get the power back up as fast as possible, uh, try to make sure that all the uh, customers are back on, that the individual houses are back on, and um, call back in and ask for the next spot to go. So it, it keeps us on, on our A game and uh, makes sure that we're ready for the, uh, the larger storms or hurricanes when they do come. And, and that response time is so quick uh, to help with the disruption in service because the guys live where they work, correct? They don't, they don't have homes, right? Somewhat, they, they yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, we, we all have homes that we get to go back to. Most of us do live in this area on this system. Um, generally, I tell people it's, it's, it you know, takes a few minutes for the guys to get in and get in their trucks and get back out. But um, once we get out there, um, these guys are professionals. They work hard. Uh, they do it safely, which is our biggest goal, make sure everybody comes home. Well, and that's a great point, Jeremy. You know, we want, we want power restored quickly, but more importantly, we want it restored safely. Um, speaking of, I would imagine, since it is such a dangerous job and you do spend so much time together, especially when you're working a natural disaster or other sort of severe weather event, there's probably a great amount of camaraderie on the team. Um, can you speak a little bit about that? Or did, are they kind of a work family? Yeah, I mean, these guys work together quite a bit. Uh, a lot of them, you know, hang out after work. Uh, we've got, for the most part, a pretty young group of guys, so um, it just allows them to, to have fun with each other, get to know each other. They learn how each other works. And um, that is one of the things that, that I think drives us. Mm -hmm. it, it is a good thing, um, the relationship that we have with each other, and it's something that we try to uh, nurture. Um, while we're wrapping up here, let me ask, I believe the city council recently approved um, some funding that's going to help your department related to tree trimming. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Tree trimming. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I grew up here in Thomasville. I love trees. I live out in the woods. Um, and it's always a touchy subject until the power goes out. And uh, it seems like we get some of our best tree trimming done during storms. Uh, unfortunately, it's a little late. We want to get it done before the storms hit. So we have got our own tree crews 
But with the amount of trees we have in Thomasville, we've never been able to keep up. We've never been able to get ahead. And uh, when you have years like this where it has just grown uh, so quickly this year with the heat and the humidity, um, it, it just uh, you really start to see the issues that, that, that we're going to run into. We, we start to have more outages due to tree limbs falling, you know, more guys out working at night, more people with power off. Uh, every time the wind blows, it seems like some little branch falls somewhere. So with this, uh, with this new um, funding that we're going to get, uh, that we're approved for by the, count, uh, the council, we'll be able to hire some tree cr contractors to come in on site and help us catch up. Uh, this is, uh, we were asked how long this was going to be. This is a, a cyclical, it's never ending. Uh, if we're lucky, we can get enough people in here to trim 450 miles of overhead line in seven years, and then we start back over. Because <laughs> everything uh, keeps growing, you, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a never-ending process. Maintenance is, is something people forget, whether it's trees or equipment, and it's one of the most expensive things that we've got out there, the most time-consuming, and uh, it's, it's never-ending. You always have maintenance. You always have trees to trim. So this is really going to help us. Um, knock down some of these outages we've been having the last couple of years and hopefully make the system more reliable. And, and that's obviously going to help take a little bit of the stress off the, off the workers and, and hopefully uh, take care of the whole system so that we can have more power um, when these storms roll through, especially like you said, not just, we, we often think it's just the hurricanes, but it's those quick storms that pop up that cause a lot of stress on you guys. Um, so we obviously, I know Sarah does and I do, but we appreciate all the work they do and all the work you guys do to keep our, our city lit. Um, so thank you very much for being here with us today. And uh, we hope that the project goes well. We've learned a lot today about electric restoration, especially how it happens during a hurricane or other severe weather event. And as a reminder, if you are a City of Thomasville Utilities customer and would like to report an outage with your electric, water, wastewater, natural gas, or CNX services, please contact our Utilities Response Center at 229-227-5499. Customers may also report electric outages using TVEL Text Alert. This is a free service offered for City of Thomasville Utilities customers which allows you to report electric outages and receive updates on outages through text messages on your mobile phone or device. Please be sure to visit thomasville.org to find out how you can sign up today. That's exactly right, Ricky. It is so important to the city to be able to provide fast and efficient responses to outages because we know how important it is. You know, we're customers too. I don't want my electricity to be out or my water to be out. So we encourage customers to report those issues through the Utilities Response Center phone number or through TVIL text alert and not through things like social media because we're not able to serve those requests as quickly. It's very important to get your utilities turned back on quickly and the best way to do it is through that phone number or through text alert. We want those lights back on. We want the services back on as quickly as we can. We certainly do. You know, it gets hot here in the summer. I'm not one to have my air conditioning and uh, lights out too long. <laughs> I don't know about you. <laughs> and we have, we have great teams that'll get out there, and they do get out there and do the best that they can to take care of our customers and get those lights switched back on and get the utilities going back on for them. Uh, so hats off to them. Absolutely. 
Hello, I'm Chuck Whitaker, natural gas superintendent for the city of Thomasville. Our department provides safe, efficient, clean-burning natural gas to over 2,700 residential and 400 commercial customers. The city of Thomasville owns and operates our own natural gas distribution system, which consists of approximately 170 miles of mains located on the roadways and driveways to provide natural gas to the large majority of our customers. For more information on natural gas and its many benefits, please visit thomasville.org today. Thank you to Chuck Whitaker for that information on our natural gas services. Sarah, that is definitely the type of gas we do want to hear about. <laughs> I'm good, I'm good. Wow, we had a packed show today, and I learned an awful lot. Yes, everything from public safety to how our electric department responds when there are severe storms. It's important to remember that on thomasville.org, we have a number of severe weather preparation pages that can be really helpful to you and your family before an actual severe weather event happens. So just go to thomasville.org, type in severe weather, and you'll be taken to those resources. There's information about hurricane prep, tornado prep, any kind of severe weather you can think of. Those resources are there and they can really save your life. It is important that we take storm and storm preparation seriously. We never know when they're going to come, and we never know the effects of what's going to happen. That's exactly right. And we've got a lot of great people, uh, dedicated employees who are here to help during those difficult times. So just remember, the city's here for you. Go to thomasville.org and check out those resources. Changing topics, we have some celebrations coming up in early October. We sure do. Tell us about it, Ricky. Well, we have Public Power Week. We have Natural Gas Week. We have Customer Service Week. And last but not least, we have Fire Prevention Week. That is a lot of celebration crammed in the first week in October. I love it. Yes, and they are definitely uh, parts of our organization that should be celebrated. And obviously, it goes without saying, Fire Prevention Week is important. Our TFR will be out there in the community, at the schools, working to make sure our community is safe and understands the importance of fire prevention. That's right, and it's also really exciting to have an opportunity to celebrate our customer service staff, our public power staff, and our natural gas staff, um, because all of those are wonderful services that the city provides to the community, so it's great to get to recognize them. How are we going to be celebrating these, uh, these folks? We'll be celebrating them on our social media platforms and in various other ways. Excellent. Well, we'll be on the lookout for that the first week in October. Sarah, it's been fun today, and I'm looking forward to next month. Absolutely. We'll be coming at you with a brand new show in a month. Don't forget to like, review, and subscribe wherever you like to listen so you never miss a moment of the action. Thank you to our guests and thank you to all of our listeners. We're looking forward to bringing you another episode next month. You've been listening to Thomasville Insights with the City of Thomasville. The show is produced by Austin Reams, Sherry Kane, Ricky Zambrano, and Sarah Baggett. The editor and sound technician is Austin Reams. The show's music is by Pond5.com. To learn more about the city of Thomasville, visit thomasville.org or follow us on Facebook. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite listening app so you won't miss an episode. Thank you for listening.